Following the preaching, we will have a word of prayer, asking the Lord to bless it by His Holy Spirit. And then we will sing Psalter 422, stanza 5, 8, and 6. And I'm really looking forward to singing that song with you as an amen to the sermon. Dear congregation belonging to Christ, thinking of Jesus and His first coming to this earth for to serve as Savior of sinners, you know, when born in Bethlehem, there's something that's really instructive and invigorating to know about that Savior. And it's His many names and titles that are given us in the Bible for Him. Someone has said there are up to 200 names and titles for the Lord Jesus in the Bible. I wonder how many you can think of. This evening, we want to think of one of them. We serve a great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, as we heard about this morning, too. And we are in the weeks of the year when the Christian church has often, especially, focused on Jesus' first coming. And we call these weeks the Advent weeks, with the word Advent referring to the coming of Christ, the coming Savior. And in connection with that, again this evening, let's think of the coming Savior and we'll consider one of the titles and names that the Bible gives for him. A title not so well known, not that familiar to us maybe, but truly still most encouraging for you and me to consider. What's all important when you and I think of Jesus first coming to this earth when born in Bethlehem, we need to keep in mind he's coming again. There's a second advent. And who knows how soon when suddenly the Lord shall appear on the clouds of heaven for a second and final coming. The many names and titles given the Savior in reference to Jesus' first coming are most meaningful also in view of His second coming. And the faithful, diligent church is always an advent-minded church, an advent-minded people. Are you living Advent-minded or are you living absent-minded? Advent-minded or absent-minded concerning Christ, the Savior? Well, with this introduction, let's study now the name given us in Micah 2.13 for the Savior. Do you know what Jesus is called there? I already mentioned it. The breaker. The breaker. The breaker is come up Before them, we read in verse 13. And this is really, we we should see, it's a prophecy of Jesus Christ, the Savior coming to the rescue of His people as they are in the sheepfold, breaking through all the barriers we face in life and building a highway of complete reconciliation and restoration with God through His saving work on sinners' behalf. Have you ever thought of Christ as a breaker for us. What does the title breaker mean? Micah, as I mentioned, lived about 700 years ago, 700 years before Christ's coming, in the time when the 10 tribes of Israel were about to be banished and scattered by the Assyrians because of their constant idolatry and rebellion against God and never listening to what God had to say. 
The focus of Micah's ministry, however, was to the two other tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And Micah was warning them that the same punishment would come on them if they would not repent, if they continued in their ungodly and evil ways before God and each other. And the chapter tells of the people's wicked ways before God and their neighbors. It's a dark chapter. However, in verse 12 and 13, God shows his light, his mercy, to those who would hear him. Verse 12, surprisingly so, considering the context, the dark context. But in that verse, and verse 13, Micah promises in God's name, the Lord will save a true and remnant people from out of Israel and Judah. Picture them as a remnant people in a sheepfold. Those who are caring, those who are hearing something of what Micah is saying. They're in an enclosed sheepfold, almost like in a prison house. Better yet, they're like locked up in a sheepfold. And when the text mentions as the sheep of Basra, translated also as sheep of the fold, well, Basra was a well-known place in that time. And I mentioned to you, Micah was a country prophet. And in that place, in that region of Basra, there were many sheep. Something like here in southern Alberta, there are all kinds of cattle and horses. Well, Basra was a place of many sheep. And we are to picture these sheep then, as Micah speaks about them, though a remnant, yet a large number, and a noisy, excited group, wondering what would happen as they cry to the Lord and look to the Lord. How would they ever get freed from the pen and come out of the gate, so to speak? How would they ever be restored from the punishment of being sent out in exile for their sin and evil and be brought back to the promised land and be kept and be provided for in the green pastures that the Lord gives. The barriers and the obstacles to the gathering in and preserving of the scattered remnant sheep after the downfall of the ten tribes by the Assyrians and the overthrow of Judah and the destruction of the people and the temple by the Babylonians, how can there ever be a people of the Lord remaining, prospering and being blessed and promised land for them to dwell in once again? Well, it, it, it would all be humanly just impossible. There would have to be something supernatural requiring almighty power and grace and mercy and love. Yes, that is true. And you see, Micah goes on to declare then, God himself would send such a deliverer and bring such deliverance in his amazing grace and covenant faithfulness and omnipotent power. And ultimately, this would mean he would send his own son as the breaker who would come up to break forth a way to redeem and restore his repentant and believing people. That remnant elect seed who take to heart the gospel promises, who would listen to what Micah was saying, and who stay with their God, they shall not be put to shame. Micah promises here, just listen again to verse 13. The breakers come up before them. They have broken up. They have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them, and the Lord is on the head of them. The covenant faithful God. Did he not say he would save a people? 
In the very beginning even. Would he not take care of it? And we see it here now too. In the historical context, we know God would provide breakers for the Jews to return to Jerusalem after exile. Breakers like Cyrus, or Zerubbabel, or Nehemiah, and Ezra. They helped bring the people back. You know the story in the time of King Hezekiah where Micah was a prophet also during the time of King Hezekiah when, when the Assyrians were around the city of Jerusalem and, and how could they ever get away from those Assyrians and then God sent a breaker, a heavenly angel who killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one evening, one night. You know that astonishing breakthrough story I'm sure told us in the Bible. Think too of another story in the Bible where the Israelites were in their camp, all very afraid, because the Philistines were against them, and, and they had a big giant. His name was Goliath. And Israel, they were so afraid, and they couldn't get out of their sheepfold. They couldn't get out of their predicament. But then, but then God sent David, young David, and he, he broke through, didn't he, in a mighty way. And I could give you more examples of God sending breakers, but... They were all temporary breakers, faulty breakers, short-term breakers. But in the fullness of time, God sent his own son to be the almighty, ultimate, and eternal breaker, savior for us. Yes, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And those provisional deliverances of God's chosen remnant from the past anticipated, as another expressed it, the greater triumphs of the promised Messiah, Shepherd, King, Christ Jesus, the Savior. And we know Micah was thinking of him, for in the same book, Micah 5, verse 2, Micah foretells of that Savior being born in Bethlehem. Out of thee shall he come forth. Well, this is all part of the setting. And dear congregation, do you hear and see with me and even imagine with me how in, in this word of Micah, Christ is being thus foretold here and presented to us here as the breaker for his people. The breaker has come up before them. A breaker is someone who on the front line, think of hockey, gets a breakaway. But someone on the front line removing the obstacles and making a way for deliverance from all sin and evil and oppression and sorrow and opening the door to escape and to freedom and to glory and to fullness of salvation in the promised land one day. I was thinking here, think of an icebreaker ship, you know, in icy waters, North Canada making a way for other ships and boats to pass through the thick waters, as thick as ice, to break that up so there might be a way to the harbor of destination. And isn't this same exactly what Christ Jesus, the Savior of sinners, came to do and accomplished for all his people in his first coming, spiritually speaking and literally speaking, when conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem long ago. The breaker Messiah, Savior, has come. His name is Jesus Christ the Lord, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the crucified and risen Savior of sinners. And John writes, And when the Son shall make you free, 
you shall be free indeed. John 8, 36. How right on here are the words of Reverend J. Westrink in his little commentary on Micah, which were radio messages in the Netherlands quite a few years back. And he writes about verse 13 saying this, Micah is prophesying of the Lord Jesus who joined the sheepfold in the fullness of time. He was born in a, sta- born in a stable as a lamb. He made the breach in the wall of separation, not just with the exile, with the Jews of old, but between God and us ultimately. And the sheep may now follow this breaker, this shepherd king, who made a way out of the sheepfold and into freedom. Yes, he made a way, says Reverend Westring. Now they shall break through the, and enter the gates through him and his almighty finished work as savior and sin bearer. And now straying sheep shall come home. This is a glorious promise, he writes. Christ Jesus came into this world to gather lost sheep. Indeed, for doesn't Jesus also tell us in John 10 verse 9, I am the door, the door of the sheepfold. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Beloved congregation, Jesus is the breaker for his people. The savior of sinners who breaks through every barrier from within us and outside us unto his people's complete and eternal salvation. As we will sing later in Psalter 422 verse 6 based on Psalm 89. Through him, through him alone whose presence goes before us will wear the victor's crown no more by foes assaulted. I ask you this evening is, is your hope and trust in this divine breaker come for the salvation of sinners like us, you and me? When thinking of Jesus' birth long ago Do you rejoice with exceeding joy considering he came to be the breaker for sinners like us? If Jesus had not come as the breaker sent from God for for our salvation, then we would forever be facing countless barriers and obstacles to our salvation from inside us and from around us. Totally impossible for us to overcome and remove of ourselves. Is this... Is this same your conviction and your confession of faith this evening? Are you too living in hearty trust and devotion of the divine breaker sent from heaven for the salvation of sinners like us? In the remainder of the sermon, let me press home this question with giving you three reasons so to honor and to trust and serve behind this divine breaker, Jesus Christ the Lord. Truly the divine breaker, having come in the fullness of time, oh, what advent glad tidings, most precious, most precious, yes, most pointed and most promising is his gospel message from our text here. And to see this, know for one, yes, the Savior is a most precious breaker, without doubt, before us. Precious, I mean in the sense of so infinitely needed by us, though totally undeserved on our part. And here, studying that whole book of Micah, if you read through that book, it's, it's a tough book to read. But it helps bring out this point. 
I mean, the people, God's covenant people, then and too often today still, they were so wayward and sinful, absolutely wicked, worldly and blindly arrogant and willfully ungodly. They thought evil, they did evil, and they tried to stifle and remove God's true prophets even as they promoted wicked prophets, false prophets. The people had corrupted themselves by, by all measures and they were ripe to be just destroyed and removed forever. Notice how both in verse 7 and verse 12 of our text chapter, God's covenant people are referred to as the house of Jacob or even, oh, Jacob. And doesn't just that serve to emphasize? They, they were a sinful people. They were so deceptive in their ways and deceiving and deceived in their ways. Jacob means deceiver. God calls them, oh, Jacob, oh, house of Jacob. But now, it's so amazing. In this very context of sin and rebellion and deception and disobedience and wickedness, here now the Lord still proclaims His gospel tidings. The Lord delights in mercy. Judgment is His strange work. Bible scholars have commented on the dramatic switch of focus from verses 1 to 11 and 12 and 13. And in fact, verses 12 to 13 are right in the middle of a double sandwich, you might say, of corruption and evil. If you go on to read chapter 3. But yet the promise of hope is here, isn't it? By God's grace, a breaker will come up. A breaker will come up, one whom God will send regardless of how, how things become and are. Isn't this the way, actually, with all the gospel tidings of the Lord throughout the Bible? Are not his gospel ways all the more surprising and astounding in view of and in light of our sins and sinfulness? The gospel light in the background of the dark and dismal quagmire of human depravity by nature, total depravity, is just so astounding and wonderful. We can never praise God enough for his mercy Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Isn't this what all God's true people ever learn and keep testifying when it's well with our soul? What else brings, this, brings out these tidings of the coming divine breaker in the context of Micah 2 being, being most precious is when you consider the Lord's long-suffering, long-suffering and faithfulness to His gospel promises regardless how wayward and sinful the people were again and again and again, even as covenant people. Isn't it most precious that God didn't just give up on them and quit on them? No. He still went on to send His Son, His own beloved Son, into this sinful, corrupt world to fulfill the calling and mission of divine breaker for us through and over sin, Satan, death, and hell. Whatever the opposition and whatever the ongoing stubbornness of the people in the church and in the world. The divine breaker for his own namesake congregation would come to plow through all the otherwise insurmountable roadblocks in the accomplishment of almighty, plenteous redemption for sinners like us, 
Malachi 3, 6 says what? I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. In his first advent, Jesus would come as promised Messiah to remove all the obstacles, blocking the complete deliverance of his people from all sin and evil. And then in the second advent, still to happen, Jesus will come as heavenly breaker, triumphantly leading his people in body and soul to glory and eternal victory forevermore. And think of it, congregation. The Lord went through with this regardless the cost to himself. Jesus would become breaker for us, for sinners like us, and do whatever it takes coming to this earth from heaven and making himself of no reputation and giving his all to be divine breaker, divine deliverer for sinners like you and me. Why, he was most willing not only to live sinlessly in this sinful world on people's behalf, sinful people like you and me, but also then to die in payment for his people's sins on their behalf. Yes, even to the death on the cross. The breaker would come and he would let the wrath of God break upon him that it might not break upon us. The divine breaker in his battles and salvation work became so bruised, congregation, and so battered and spent and beaten in his work as breaker for us that the Bible tells us, Micah's fellow prophet Isaiah the breaker became someone beyond recognition. Almost, almost beyond recognition. That's what we read in Isaiah 53. I remember once when living in BC, clearing a path a long way through a maze of blackberries and bush to make a trail for our children. And I got quite scratched and bloody hands and face somewhat doing so. But you see, I so wanted to make a neat path for the children through that maze of blackberries. But see Jesus, congregation, see Jesus, the divine breaker, making a way from sin and this ungodly world and our sinful selves by nature, all to lead and to bring his otherwise helpless, hopeless people home and safe and sound to enjoy eternal life with him yes in the promised land ultimately in glory the savior didn't spare himself in any way and he wasn't spared in any way either in all that he had to do and that had to be done to make the way clear for rebel sinners like us to be saved and not to be left forever abandoned and exiled as we deserve But Jesus was most willing to do it all. To save his dear children. And those whom the Father had given him. As many as are ordained to eternal life. Through Christ's person and work as Savior of sinners. Well, congregation, imagine with me, will you? Jesus breaking forth from heaven to earth. Delighting to do his Father's will. Beloved congregation, in worshipful awe with me, see Jesus break forth out of Mary's womb to suffer and die on sinners' behalf. See him lying in a manger at the beginning of him humbling himself to the lowest depths 
that he might raise sinners like us to the highest heights. The breaker. See him break out to Jerusalem as a 12-year-old boy, so eager to learn and to begin his work. See him break forth in humble submission for many years living in Nazareth, the perfect sinless life in every detail, in every way and context, on sinner's behalf, earning the perfect righteousness we need before God. See him break forth for his three-year public ministry. See him thrust out and break forth in the wilderness in fighting and resisting Satan head on. See him break forth in his preaching and teaching and doing many miracles, showing and proving himself as the promised Messiah indeed for hopeless, helpless people. See him break forth to the Garden of Gethsemane and break forth for his public trials to ultimately break forth to Golgotha. See him break forth in victory on Golgotha, calling out there on the cross, it is finished. All the work that God has required the Most High and Holy, to make a way of salvation sealed with His blood. See Him and on the cross as the breaker for us. Take with Him that repentant thief who said, Lord, remember me when you come to paradise. And the Lord Jesus as the breaker for us, He said to him, Today you shall be with me in paradise. Breaking all that He had of His past away from Him through His shed blood and breaking away for Him also into God's presence in glory. Behold, this Jesus break forth too from the tomb and show himself as almighty, resurrected Savior, triumphant Savior for sure, even for as many as trust and follow him and hear his voice. See Jesus break forth into heaven with his ascension into highest glory and being seated there at God's right hand as King of kings and Lord of lords. See Jesus break forth through the gloom here below. Indeed, as the Almighty Savior, when He with the Father also poured out His Holy Spirit, sent the Holy Spirit to minister here through the gospel, to break through people's hard hearts and dull minds and blindness, to hear the gospel and to come to faith in Jesus Christ. See the gospel break forth through the power of the Holy Spirit as sent by the Father and the Son to the ends of the earth, to Jews and Gentiles, calling and gathering the lost sheep of Israel and the lost sheep from many tribes and nations unto himself. And one day, who knows when, but it is surely coming closer, suddenly, suddenly, the heavenly trumpet shall sound and Christ shall break forth again in the clouds, from the clouds of heaven for the last judgment. And then there will be the final and eternal gathering together of all his remnant people. Will you be among them? Will I? We are here this evening to acknowledge and worship the Lord for the Savior as the breaker for all his people the breaker from bondage to freedom, from sin to salvation, from Satan to the Savior, from hell to heaven, from corruption to consolation, from destruction to deliverance, from hopelessness to hopefulness, from weeping and gnashing of teeth to endlessly rejoicing with exceeding joy constantly and forevermore. The breaker from our ruin in sin to redemption with Him. Yes, from all our dead-end streets, 
to his almighty deliverances truly and time and time again throughout this time, this life, and into eternal glory. Oh, it's the most precious title. Jesus, the breaker for us. Considering, too, that there's no, there's no ice-like cold, nor stony-like hardness, neither deep-rooted spiritual deadness, nor long-term stubborn resistance, nor just blindness that Jesus Christ as breaker can't break through and overcome for us. What is impossible with us is possible with him. And nothing is too hard for the Lord. No, our breaker from all sin and evil within us and around us. He's mighty to save. No case is hopeless with Jesus Christ as breaker come up for us and for us. For all who have ears to hear. This is a title to prize, dear congregation. When you feel many troubles, many obstacles, take this name breaker and ask Lord be my breakthrough breakthrough for me out of this trouble and this situation notice next that this title breaker for the coming savior is not only so precious but it is pointed as well it's pointed how is it pointed well what makes it pointed is the fact that it's only the remnant that will know and enjoy the divine breaker that is, those who take seriously God's word and ask for his mercy. The tidings of the divine breaker is in the context, congregation, of the destruction of Jerusalem and the reality of the exile surely happening. In other words, the promise of the gospel about God providing a savior does not take away the threat of judgment upon all sin and unbelief. And the solemn reality is that the, that the prophecy of Micah also brings out clearly is that many in Israel and Judah, they would perish in their sins and sinfulness. And, and, and why? 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 Why did they have to perish? Because they refused to listen to God's word. They would not hear Micah and the other prophets and their words of warning, nor their words of comfort and consolation. All too many were indifferent, indifferent to the good news. I say this is pointed then because shouldn't it make you and me so careful in God's ways, congregation? So careful. Old Testament Israelites acted as, as often church people have done in history. Also today, not paying a lot of attention to God's word and will really, and yet convincing themselves, it's okay, all, all's well. Of course, why wouldn't it be? But that's a false hope if we're not joined to the breaker. When we come across congregation, the phrase, the remnant of Israel, those who would be blessed by the coming breaker for them, shouldn't that make us always ask and pray, Lord, let me be among your remnant seed. Let me be among your remnant seed, those who take to heart all your word and will. Search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I ask you, is that your mindset? Is that your heart? As confessing Christian and pilgrim this evening. The, the text about Christ as breaker is pointed in teaching clearly 
Those redeemed are those who trust, repent, and who follow closely after their breaker. They go out with him, behind him, Christ the Lord, their leader. Is this same true of you and me? Sometimes people say, oh, the breaker, he'll do everything for you and you can live as you want. No. Are some of you praying lip service to to God as only Savior and Lord and, and really just living as you please in the way of the world and sin and not as holy ones in this world, but so much just like the world, hardly distinguishable from it, if at all? What does Jesus say as breaker, really, in John 10, 27? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Is that true of you? This term for the Savior as breaker is pointed because it drives home the only gospel message. All that you and I need to become saved and to stay saved and to live to God's glory as those saved The divine breaker, Christ the Lord, will provide for us and so lead us even as you and I rely on Him and follow after Him, Christ the Lord. But apart from Him, we will perish under the obstacles we can never overcome within us and around us. And that message that declares... That, that message that declares unless Jesus by His grace through faith be your and my Savior and we worship Him in spirit and truth, if that's not the case, then there is no escape from God's just and final condemnation and punishment in hell. That's the truth. And Micah and the other faithful Old Testament prophets of God, they would not back down from proclaiming this two-edged message of judgment, eternal for the wicked and unbelieving. Also from among the covenant people of God. If your trust isn't in Christ the Savior, it is vain to have any hope of belonging to the covenant people and being brought to glory. But the message of Micah is pointed in urging us all not to be so foolish and not to so perish in sin, but to follow after Christ, to hear his voice, and to hear his name also as breaker. And there is room, there is room for all among the remnant in God's amazing grace. And there's no obstacle within you or outside of you that the Lord can't take care of and remove out of the way for you or help you overcome in triumph. He's the breaker for us. The breaker Christ Jesus is almighty and mighty to save to the uttermost all that call upon Him and who call upon Him while He is near. Thinking of Micah serving in the days of King Hezekiah, we know there was a sort of revival in those days and there were quite a number who did, who did take heed, who did take to heart the urgent words of Micah. We don't know how many. They, they turned away from their sins and they looked to the promised Savior for hope and refuge and they weren't put to shame. Today still the Lord is calling to sinners, isn't he? He's calling to sinners to come to him to find in Him complete salvation. The divine breaker has accomplished everything necessary to save whoever comes to Him, pleading His mercy and grace. Oh, how wonderful to come to the Savior under His saving power and protection and leading. Is not the Savior, the Lord our God, the good shepherd of His people, 
good and gracious beyond what we can ever tell. He is the breaker, shepherd, king congregation who shows undeserving, guilty, weak, helpless, hopeless sinners, weary, heavy-laden people his love, his tender care, and his keeping, and his desire to lead us in the way of everlasting victory unto the eternal home. He's called in the Bible also the captain of our salvation, the forerunner who's gone before us. It's all related to him being the breaker for us. It's all so precious and pointed teaching. And notice yet also this other truth. It's very promising teaching, very promising. Think of it. When will the Lord Jesus not serve as breaker for his own? Yes, with all the challenges and troubles in life too for us, possibly that you are facing right now. Even those humanly, humanly speaking, hopeless, overwhelming problems in life or, or those temptations or, or, or perhaps bosom sins that you just can't overcome or, or that, 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 that challenge in life or that sickness or that looming death. I tell you, whatever the trouble or the obstacle is the Lord as our almighty breaker gone up ahead of us, not able and willing to help us in our every need? He surely is able. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. The Lord delivers people who cry to him. The Lord didn't deliver Jesus as breaker for us that he might always deliver us as we call out to him for his mercy and grace. And you know what? I thought to myself, what's so wonderful to remember with Jesus' first coming. He didn't come as a bulldozer, a machine bulldozer. No, he came in our likeness. He took on our flesh. He knows everything about us. And the Bible says he's a high priest for us who, who feels the feelings of our infirmities. We may go to him for help. Every obstacle, every trouble, every sorrow, every trial, sin and challenge and daunting responsibility that you perhaps think you can't fulfill, the divine breaker breaking through can help us. The divine breaker who broke through all the perfect standards of God's justice and holy law and broke through hell itself and overcome Satan and crushing, uh, crushing problems in life. He can help us, you and me, in our every need. There's a poem entitled, At Wits End Corner. Maybe you've heard something of that poem before. I'll just read a few lines of it. Are you standing at Wits End Corner, Christian with troubled brow? Are you thinking of what is before you and all you are bearing now? Does all the world seem against you and you in the battle alone? Remember, at wit's end corner is just where God's power is shown. Are you standing at wit's end corner? Then you're just in the very spot to learn the wondrous resources of him who faileth not. A breaker for us. Dear congregation, one and all, younger and older, will you trust and rely on and follow in faith and love and hope the divine breaker, Jesus Christ. This divine, almighty, gracious, glorious breaker whom God has sent 
to save and to uphold and to guard and to keep and to bless his people and to make us a blessing to the generations following us and in our world in which we live. The divine breaker will never meet with anyone or anything that he can't break through and overcome and remove. Don't you find this too, that it gives so much hope and help and comfort regardless of trials and the obstacles we, you and I may meet with either from within ourselves or from around us or with whatever happens to us. God is his people's refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And hearing of him now as a divine breaker for us, all oh, that just makes this gospel news so much more precious and pointed and promising indeed. And you know, Christians in former generations, they thought about these things more than we do. I found that out by finding out several poems written by Christians in former generations. Let me read to you just from two poets who wrote a few lines. And I'll only read four little stanzas. One writes this, The breaker is gone forth in love with power and skill divine, descending from the realms above to crush his foes. And mine. And another writes, When fettered with my sins I lay, This breaker did his power display, Broke off my chains, Broke up my cell or my bondage, And I his love my soul shall tell. Another writes, He breaks the power of awful sin, He sets the prisoner free, His blood can make the foulest clean, His blood availed for me. And one says, He breaks the strings of nature soon and bids the prisoner fly beyond the reach of sin and gloom, His glory to enjoy. And doesn't, congregation, hearing this, doesn't it, doesn't it give you encouragement to trust the Lord? And, and also promise and purpose in life for as long as we live. God, help us to call to others living in our day to tell them about this divine breaker, this good news concerning him. So many around us are all ensnared with all kinds of obstacles and bondage. But there's hope. Help us, Lord, to hold high this Savior, this divine breaker to those around us. And may the Savior God also help us break down from, help us break down every fear of man and hesitation of ourselves to tell the good news to others while it's yet the day of grace. The divine breaker, Christ Jesus, I mentioned to you, he's coming again. He's come when born in Bethlehem, but he's coming again for the last judgment. And this is the one last major breakthrough event still to take place by the Savior as the breaker for his people. And when the divine breaker comes, congregation, I don't want to be shouting for the mountains to cover me and others, but, but rather to be shouting hallelujah for forever for the breakthrough even to eternal glory finally come in and through the Lord Jesus, our breaker, gone up ahead of us. Well, Let's encourage each other to believe in the breaker. And let's praise God for being the breaker for sinners like us. It's Advent season. Will you be Advent-minded or absent-minded thinking of Jesus coming? The breaker has come, congregation. 
come once to this earth to break through to the rescue of all his people, as many as repent and believe on him and trust and follow him. And the Bible foretells of his coming again in a day we do not know when, but it'll be a day when we think not, and it's coming sooner than later. Are you ready? Are you watchful for his breakthrough coming? Who knows when now? If you're not ready, why not? Why not? Now is the day of salvation. And as others urgently have said, don't you know, tomorrow is the devil's day. Today is God's day. You want to be among the remnant, don't you? Following him. Yes, when Jesus breaks through the skies for the last judgment day, for else you will be left with the lost, forever cast away in that place called hell with never a breaker offered to you again to get out of there. Never, ever. But today is still the day of salvation. In eternity, just think of it too, for God's redeemed people by grace. What endless breakthrough discoveries and pleasures to be experienced and enjoyed there forever in body and soul with our blessed triune God and the beautiful Savior, our breaker for us. Well, over the years, I've preached on quite a few of the names and titles of the Lord, but this is another one I just love. Thanks, Lord, for, for this title, too, and this description of Jesus the Savior. So many names for the promised Messiah. And how special this one, giving glad tidings of good things, so precious, pointed, and promising. Are we listening, you and I? The breaker has come, congregation, providing victory from all sin and evil. Still, even today, for as many as will hear his voice, as many as trust and follow him. That's the gospel truth. The Lord himself confirms it at the head of his people. He is God, ultimately in Christ. That's the gospel. And what a gospel it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we're slow to learn the riches and wonderfulness of the gospel. But you condescend to us and you give us simple names and titles to help make it plain how precious, how powerful, how, how pointed, how promising the gospel is. Lord, may we learn from Micah's description and declaration of the coming Messiah as the breaker gone up before us. Oh, Lord, be our breaker. And break the way from our hardness of heart and break the way forward in the way of faith and faithfulness till journey's end. And break open the highway of salvation and reconciliation and redemption for us. May we know it. It's broken open in and through Jesus' finished work for all who follow him. Lord, thank you for your word this day. Bless us, Lord, as we go into a new week. Help everyone in their week, in their work, at home, at school, in the workplace. And help us to live for your glory. And in all our impossibilities, may we ask you, Lord, to be our breaker, helping us every step of the way, every day again. Our breaker gone up ahead of us. Our faithful Lord God, as revealed in Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners. In his name we pray. Amen.
So as I said, let's sing this Psalter 422, stanza 5, 8, and 6 in that order. And I think you'll understand the reason for that order. 5, 8, and 6. <laughs> 